All right, good morning and welcome to Live from Size Lounge. My name is Matt Van Winkle with the ISU Alumni Association. Thank you for tuning into our conversation today. We are really excited to bring you these alumni interviews here on Facebook Live. If you've missed any of our previous conversations, you can find those under the video tab on our Facebook page. We are able to bring you these each week thanks to the more than 43,000 members of the Alumni Association. If you're interested in supporting the association and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, please visit isualum.org to learn more. Our guest today is Ruki Newhold Ravakumar, who serves as the Acting Undersecretary for Education at the Smithsonian Institution in Washington, DC. She is also the Director of Education at the Cooper Hewitt Smithsonian Design Museum in New York City. It was here at Iowa State University where Ruki studied graphic design and received a Master of Fine Arts in 2003. Most recently, she has been leading a Smithsonian-wide team that's been responding to the distant learning needs of teachers, students, and families during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Ruki. Hi. How are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We wanna jump right in, and I know you have a very busy schedule as you have been probably adjusting to everything that's been going on with the the pandemic and working in education. So maybe let's just jump into talking about how you kind of ended up at Iowa State. I know you you grew up in India, is that correct? I did. I grew up in India and um, I have an undergraduate degree in history of fine art and drawing and painting. I dabbled in a lot of different creative careers in India, um, but while working in an advertising agency, I got introduced to graphic design and really fell in love with it and felt like I needed to learn more. Um, at that point, there was really only one design school in India. And as you can imagine, thousands of people apply to get into that one school. Um, and I also you know, wanted to challenge myself a little bit more, see more of the world, and in some ways defy maybe the traditional path um, that I could see in front of me in India. And so with that, I, I chose to um, apply for graduate schools abroad and, and Iowa State was among them. Very cool. I'm guessing you know, growing up in India, there's so much beautiful architecture and art. Was that kind of an inspiration for you to getting into art and art history? Well, I have parents who are both creative. I have my dad's a naval architect and uh, mom is an artist. So I grew up in a household exposed to arts and creative thinking and really looking at the world in very interesting ways. But you're right. I mean, India is a gorgeous country mm -hmm. and you are surrounded by history, beautiful architecture, a lot of color. So it's easy to be inspired. Great. So you work at the Smithsonian. Talk about the work that you do and your role there and kind of how you found that job. It's such a, an interesting job and a unique place to be. So I've actually been a part of the Smithsonian for almost four years now. Um, I started as the director of education for Cooper Hewitt, which is the mm -hmm. Smithsonian Design Museum in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and since November of 2019, um, I have accepted the acting undersecretary role for education. And it's part of a new organizational structure to support our new secretary's really bold vision for the Smithsonian um, to put education at the core of the Smithsonian's purpose. Um, I get, I really have an amazing job. My playground and my workplace are the same thing. 
but in my role, I get to shape the educational voice of the institution, mm -hmm. uh, design our national strategy for outreach. I help keep the 300 plus educators connected to each other and the mission of the institution. I get to lead a lot of our pan-institutional educational initiatives, like the one you just talked about with our mm -hmm. distance learning efforts. And of course, I get to serve as the voice of the educator at the decision-making table. Very cool. Talk about the challenges that you've been kind of presented with this COVID-19 pandemic and how you've been able to really work with parents and educators and students to, to kind of bridge the gap in these kind of these muddy waters that we've been dealing with. Uh, these are definitely interesting times, aren't they? I think, right. uh, whatever, you know, if you had a plan for what you were going to be doing in July a few months ago, that has completely changed. Um, everyone is talking about what their new normal might be, and, and that's definitely the case for the Smithsonian as well. Um, mm -hmm. As you can imagine with the Smithsonian, with our numerous museums and research centers, um, we really did a wonderful job, I think, of coming together and putting the user and the learner first when we started to shape what our distance learning efforts would be. If an institution like the Smithsonian put everything that we have online, it would be the most overwhelming experience <laughs> for anybody. And so it just served as well to ask people what they needed um, and to, to deliver that to them. And that's really how that distance learning initiative got started. We heard from teachers who were overwhelmed who were mm -hmm. uh, needing a lot of support with teaching in new ways, with connecting their, to their students from afar. Uh, we had parents who were turning dining room tables into home offices and schools and didn't really feel equipped to be teaching mm -hmm. full time. Um, and then, of course, you know, as, as time passed, we found that people and got past the binge watching habits and really wanted to do something more productive with your time sure. and what better place to learn with than the Smithsonian. Well, there, just think about the age that we live in now with technology and how you guys have probably been able to digitize a lot of the historical artifacts and everything that you guys house at the Smithsonian to be able to make that available to students now. You know, people yeah. 20, 30 years ago even wouldn't have had that access unless they went to the Smithsonian, which isn't possible right now. So talk about how valuable that is to be able to have those um, you know, resources available to students. I think so. And I think you know, the Smithsonian had a few key initiatives that it launched early on with the open access initiative, where you can really easily access all of the digitized resources. And then we have our learning lab platform, which really serves as a sandbox for teachers to think through how the Smithsonian's digitized resources might help them in their classrooms, mm -hmm. virtual or otherwise. And I think some of those key initiatives really helped us with our distance learning efforts. Um, the Smithsonian, I, I know a lot of people think about museums only when they travel, but it's mm -hmm. really at the cutting edge of science and research. Um, we have a lot of researchers and research centers working on future-focused topics. So the Smithsonian can really serve anybody throughout the arc of their, their careers, whether you're a kid or a parent, and, and that's what makes my job so exciting. Sure. Let's talk about your time here that you spent at Iowa State. Um, talk about your experience here, um, getting your Master's in Fine Arts in, in Graphic Design. I have very fond memories of Iowa State. I have to admit that the first few months were a bit of a rude shock 
when you go from Chennai, India, where uh, it's always hot to Ames, Iowa, I think nothing <laughs> prepares you for the temperature shift. Yeah. Um, also, it just in terms of number of people around you, um, I remember thinking, you know, maybe more people will come, but you know, that was it. That was the total number of people there. <laughs> Uh, but it was such a rewarding experience. I think for the first time, I really got to shut out some of the the noise of expectations that people have set for you and for me to think about what did I want to do? What did I want for myself? And I would say the the faculty there, a special mention to Lisa Fontaine, um, really gave me the space to hear myself think to figure out what my voice was and um, to figure out who I was and who I wanted to be. And I think that was just so critical. And I have some fond memories of that. Um, I had a lot of the same maybe graduate experiences that a lot of other international students do, where you're trying to adjust to a new environment, figure things out, adjust your language, learn to eat new things. Um, so a lot of those come to mind as well, but it really teaches you how to be a, a resilient and adaptable human being. And and I had a I had a terrific experience. I've used it to date. Very cool. Well, I'm guessing the person who is in the position that you have today would really love to learn, learning about new things. What kind of topics interest you the most? What do you spend the most time taking in? I think I'm really interested in how people learn. Um, and as an educator, I think when you meet people and you start to figure out why they learn things a certain way or how they learn it, it really makes you a better educator when you start to figure some of that out. So um, I'm one of those people who takes classes for fun. Um, I know people tease me about it, but it's something I've always done. Um, I like learning about new things, and I think that the more I learn new things, I will make maybe interesting connections that people haven't made before. Um, so I try not to read about the exact same things because I, I feel like a good breadth of topics sometimes helps me make interesting connections. Do you have a, uh, a favorite exhibit or museum of, of the Smithsonian? That's a hard question at the Smithsonian. Um, ever since I've been in D.C., I know that I've been um, pre-COVID, I was taking a lot of time to tour all of the museums. And, and I think even if I spent 10 years walking to each museum, I wouldn't see it all. Um, there's something in every place that you can connect to that's absolutely fascinating. But if you're not able to go in person, there's still a ton of virtual tours that you can enjoy and of yeah. course, there's so much that's open and accessible online, yeah. um, but it's really, um, it's a hard one to pick a favorite. I think that changes by the day. This this video I'm playing is was off your YouTube channel about your open access. Talk, talk a little bit about that. It was kind of, I was kind of digging through it a little bit. It looked really interesting. Well, we've really seen that the Smithsonian is for the people. Um, and so for people to be, able to access the rich amount of information. And so it's a, it, the open access initiative was really making our digitized objects and collections available and easy for people to use in their day-to-day -day lives and in the work that they do. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it's probably been a bit of a challenge too because people haven't been able to go to the museum. You guys are closed, I'm assuming yeah. right now, right? Yes. Um, 
I'm guessing you've heard from a lot of people that are wishing they've been open and that people can get in them because people are looking for things to do in the summer. But this would probably be one of your busier times of the year, I would imagine, with students out of school. But um, having those uh, archives available online and those 3D tours must be really nice for families to kind of dig through. We've had an incredibly um, high traffic to all of our websites and all of our distance learning resources. Um, we are definitely thinking about what reopening the Smithsonian would be. And we're, we're in that mindset of from being safe at home to, um, you know, stay at home to safe at work. What does that transition look like even for our Smithsonian staff? Um, but of course, you know, I, I'm definitely at this point reminiscing and um, eager to get back and be in my playground. So I'm mm -hmm. hopeful that there's an end um, to this outbreak. Sure. Uh, maybe what's the most surprising thing that you've learned, maybe historically or just about the about your role your and your job with the Smithsonian? What do, what's maybe the most interesting that, thing that you've learned throughout your time there? You know, I think for me, what's been interesting is how little people really use um, mm -hmm. a resource like a museum or the Smithsonian. Um, and we tend to think about it only when we're traveling or we're tourists but it's really, you could use it as a student, as a teacher, as really anybody who wants to learn something. And I found that it's an underutilized resource. So that, that has been surprising. I have to admit, I had the same reaction when I started working at the Cooper Hewitt, uh, being someone who was a design professor for 14 years, there were resources that I had not used. And I thought I would be such a different teacher today just knowing how to use some of those museum resources. So I hope more people will will dig in and look at it as um, a place to learn beyond um, the time they are tourists in DC. Perfect. Well, as you kind of wrap up here, do you have any kind of final thoughts or anything, any kind of words of advice for people, uh, maybe students that are watching this, future students that are coming to Iowa State about, about education or getting their master's degree or anything? Because as you work for the Smithsonian, you're kind of encompassed in that throughout your daily life. So maybe any final words? I would say investing in your higher education is absolutely worth it. It did wonders for me. Um, and I would say Iowa State really gave me a, a relevant educational experience. It's been a while since I've been in school, but it feels like yesterday because I'm still able to use so much of what I learned. And it's a, it's a place that was critical to help me shape who I am today. So I have the best to say about my experience and I hope more people will consider higher education um, and higher education at Iowa State. Great. Well, Ruki, thank you so much for joining us. We, we hope that uh, the Smithsonian and all of your museums are able to open up to the public again sometime soon um, and the best to you and, and help in moving forward. Thanks, Matt. This was such all a right. pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.